Postpartum depression is something not often spoken about. Mental health can mean different things to different people depending on individual experiences. Today, my guest and good friend Carly Graham will be chatting with us about postpartum depression. Carly is a licensed professional counselor in Northern New Jersey. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Communication Studies from James Madison University and a Master of Arts in Biblical Counseling from Dallas Theological Seminary. Currently, she provides counseling for women dealing with postpartum mood disorders, infant loss, and infertility. She and her husband, Jonathan, live in New Jersey with their two young sons. I've known Carly and Jonathan for quite a bit now, and they're pretty much our good friends, and she, they're also friends with my husband. So welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers and professionals from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood podcast. It's so good to have you on the show, Carly. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. We were just uh, on a call this week and it's so good to see you twice a week. <laughs> I know. It's it's so nice to have relationships with with you guys and just be able to talk about so many different things that affect so many different people. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that you're going to be speaking on this topic because I believe it's not a topic that we talk about a lot, but yet it is a serious topic because The birth of a baby can trigger a jumble of powerful emotions from excitement and joy to fear and anxiety, but it also can result in something that you might not expect, which is depression. In speaking of that, infant loss can also trigger postpartum depression, infertility Mm -hmm. as well. Now, I would love to hear from you. Can you share some signs and symptoms of postpartum? Sure. So some of the most common ones that I see are kind of correlate with a standard diagnosis of depression. So loss of interest in things that you normally would be interested in, maybe a a decreased or depressed mood. Um, You might have trouble sleeping or you may sleep too much in -hmm. terms of your your normal schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, You might have difficulty eating or you might eat too much. And also one of the biggest indicators is that there's a certain sense of, it's hard to look forward to the future sometimes. Mm. It's hard to see down the road and to feel excited for the future. I think, especially as as moms, we look forward to our children's growing up years, you know, watching them develop and grow and and see what they learn and discover and, and being there with them. And when you have postpartum depression, sometimes it's hard to think about that. It's, it's hard to see into the future um, with excitement, with hope, with um, expectancy. Mm-hmm. And so that is a very common and one of, one of the primary signs that I tend to look for. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are also, uh, I mean, a lot of signs of depression. And, you know, mm -hmm. we're talking about postpartum here. I've heard stories that postpartum can happen immediately after or a year later or several months later. What do you think about that? I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, it's it's one of those situations where you can't predict exactly when these emotions or feelings are going to hit you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen to everyone. Not everyone goes through postpartum depression. It's seven in 10, seven out of 10 mothers go through it. Mm. And then I think it's three out of 10 fathers. And so it's not everyone. 
but essentially in a, in a nutshell, scientifically, uh, when you give birth and you deliver the baby, you deliver the placenta, a lot of these reproductive hormones are housed in the placenta. So progesterone and estrogen. And when you give birth to that, those hormones leave your body. Mm. And so that is why we see such a fluctuation in many women post-birth because of how those hormones change. Mm. Um, Also affected are uh, cortisol, which helps you to feel alert. Prolactin obviously changes. And then endorphins, those Mm. levels change as well. So all those combined is quite a combination of unpredictability. And so when I learned that, that was really helpful to me. And as I've learned more in my role as a counselor to women going through this, um, I've used that a lot in terms of sharing with clients. This is a scientific reason to explain why you might be going through this. Mm. And that just that knowledge can really help to know that it's not you, not anything that you've done or haven't done. And that can provide a lot of reassurance. It doesn't necessarily fix the problem right away, right? <laughs> but it can certainly help to provide some knowledge and understanding that this is this is chemically what's going on, and here's how it can look for you emotionally. Yeah, and I know that you know. I mean, we've spoken personally about your story, but mm-hmm. I'd love it if you could share with my listeners about your journey and your story on postpartum depression. Yeah, definitely. So, um, postpartum depression is a pretty broad diagnosis. Anxiety can fall under that as well. And that was my experience. I have dealt with anxiety most of my life. And when I was six months postpartum with our first, who is now three and a half, Mm -hmm. I noticed that I was having a harder time being able to do things I normally did, like go to work or go grocery shopping without feeling a a sense of panic, Mm. sometimes even dread. And then I would second guess, I would go through with whatever I need to do. Then I'd second guess myself and say, oh my gosh, did I do the wrong thing? Or did I make the wrong choice with like the groceries I was just bought? I mean, things that never had bothered me before. Mm-hmm. And I would start to feel extremely anxious. Like, did I make a mistake or did I do something wrong? And it got to a point where I actually had a hard time getting out of bed to go to work. Mm. I get worried I'm going to make a mistake or I'm going to do something wrong. And clearly those fears were irrational, but at the time they felt legitimate. Right. I don't know that it affected my, it might've affected my eating some, but it certainly affected my sleep. And I think also dealing with some breastfeeding challenges that we had Mm -hmm. probably was a factor as well in terms of increasing my anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was about six months in, and after a couple weeks of feeling that really intensely and interfering with essentially my daily life, mm-hmm. I decided to talk to my my OB mm-hmm. and say, you know, this is really a problem. I think I might need some medication. I had taken medication before for anxiety, and mm-hmm. some of it had been really helpful. Um, I wasn't on any at the time, but I knew that it could help me because it had before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was willing to prescribe it. She checked in with me and it, it helped. I also found a therapist that I was able to see within a few weeks of that time that was able to walk through that time with me and, and just help me process and help me kind of normalize those feelings. And right. I really didn't know besides anxiety, what I was dealing with, but as I become educated on the subject, it's reassuring to know that this actually happens a lot. Yeah. Not that I wish it on anyone, but when it's happening to you, it's it can be very scary. Mm-hmm. You can feel like you're losing your mind. And as a counselor, I was like, wow, it I, I just didn't imagine that happening. So being able to talk to a therapist to help normalize 
those feelings in terms of A, someone who deals with anxiety, but B, someone who's in the postpartum period, those things were really helpful to me. And they helped me get to a place where I felt stable again. I felt that my anxiety was manageable. I felt that I could function better. And I felt like I could look forward to the future with excitement and hope and not just this dread. Um, Felt like I had this black cloud hanging over Mm -hmm. me. And I felt eventually like that cloud lifted. Right. And that was just reaching out for that help was really important and really key. But I had to get to a point where I was like, I can barely function. This is not who I am. Yeah, but that's that's good. It is scary, but that's also good that you're able to acknowledge it yourself and to realize that this is not normal and it's really irrational behavior. Yeah. And because I, I do believe, you know, not many people would be courageous enough to acknowledge that um, because it's not something that's easy to acknowledge. And this might be more of a maybe more for a medical question, but you mentioned earlier that it's more of a scientific uh, thing because of the cortisol and things that are going on in the placenta and et cetera. But people who are going through infertility and people who are, who's just given birth and they're both very, very different, but are there anything that women or moms could take prior to that to prevent them from having the postpartum depression? Good question. Um, Yeah, I'll just share more about my experience with that um, because we have a second baby Mm -hmm. and I stayed on the medication I was prescribed after the first one through the infertility process, the treatment process, um, the pregnancy. I'm still on it. I plan Mm -hmm. to stay on it (laughs) indefinitely. And I, of course, communicated with my doctors. This is my history. This is what I'd like to do. They approved everything. And so going into my second birth and postpartum period was so much different, so much better because I was, I just had more knowledge. I had that medication support, but I also knew that I could go talk to my counselor anytime I needed to. And just knowing what to anticipate. Mm -hmm. I think part of my struggle the first time around with a first child is I, uh, being the perfectionist and overachiever that I am, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do everything a certain way and Mm -hmm. be fully prepared and have a fully clean house all the time and just unrealistic things. Mm -hmm. And the second time around, I didn't have that, those uh, expectations. And I think that was helpful Mm. um, for me just to take the pressure off myself. And so I, I do believe that was also a factor and really not having much of a struggle this time around, thankfully. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of, uh, moms and first time moms fall into that trap of needing everything to be perfect. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and just, I mean, women in general, we put the extra pressure on ourselves and wanting to be the best wife that we can be, the best Mm -hmm. mom that we can be and keeping our house as clean as possible because we have to take care of our home and doing Mm -hmm. our job as best as possible. I mean, I think it's just the nature of the way we are and how we are, you know, brained and wired to be. And I think obviously with that added pressure, it doesn't help. And Sometimes God is just telling us, just relax, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you shared that you came to a point six months later where you realized that your behavior were irrational. Now, how -hmm. can women be more aware of the way they feel? I mean, and also did 
your husband, Jonathan, bring it up, like point out, like, I don't, I think you're being a little bit irrational here. I don't think this is you. How can husband help support the wife in this matter as well? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Two great questions. One with knowing if something is irrational. I think a really big part of that is knowing yourself, knowing who you are as a person and and how you function. And, Mm -hmm. you know, after a couple of weeks of starting to realize, okay, I'm feeling more anxious. I'm thinking more about certain things over and over again than I, you know, ever used to. Like that's not normal for me. So being aware of patterns of behavior that don't seem like the real you is a really important and a necessary phase of, of becoming more aware. Um, I think self-awareness is one of the most important things for your for to maintain your mental health and just to learn about your mental health. And a big part of that is knowing you, knowing mm-hmm. how you function. And if something is off, then it's good to be curious about why mm-hmm. and try to figure out why. You may not figure it out right away. Right. <laughs> but just realizing, okay, I don't know what, what this thing is about. So let me let me see if I can... Just be aware of it and be mindful. And maybe, maybe it's nothing, but maybe it is something. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of my husband, he was very supportive. And yes, he, he at times, he did notice. And we have a few stories <laughs> <laughs> of things that happened that kind of showed that I had extra anxiety and how it played out in some of the, the things that happened. But it was, you know, it was good for him to, to encourage me to talk to someone, mm-hmm. uh, to talk to my doctor. And just to be supportive, like, I think I mentioned I had a hard time getting out of bed some mornings, which very unlike me. So mm-hmm. that that's a sign. And there are mornings when he would literally pull me out of bed. He's like, I know you can go to work. I know you can do it. Just, just get through today. Mm-hmm. Don't think about tomorrow or a year from now. Just get through today. Mm-hmm. And I get home from work and he's like, you made it through another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was just really helpful. And, and him being willing to take care of the baby while I went to see my counselor or my doctor and, and helping that way. Um, sometimes it meant, you know what, I'll just order dinner instead of you having to cook it. And that's a stress mm-hmm. that was taken off. So mm-hmm. being aware of just those little things that really do add up. Um, and he was just so supportive and, you know, I'm so grateful because I was a huge factor in me feeling better and feeling more like myself again, mm-hmm. which took time right? Um, with any process, but having that awareness on his end was a really important part of it. And when I have clients who say the same thing about their husbands, like, you know, my husband really encouraged me to reach out. And so I did. And um, it's always encouraging to hear that as a therapist, because mm-hmm. then I know that that client has a, a supportive partner, and that's a huge factor yeah. in sticking with treatment and sticking with counseling, and and knowing that sometimes we all need a little help, right? And that's okay. Now, how has postpartum depression affected you as a mother? It's a good question. I think for me, one of the things that I'm hoping to share with our boys eventually mm-hmm. is that is how it affected me but also that I sought help and that was good. It wasn't selfish. Cause I think that sometimes as moms, we might feel like, well, I'm away from the baby seeking, you know, counseling or mm-hmm. seeing a doctor and some moms struggle with, is that, is that selfish? Cause it's for me. Right. Um, and one of the things that I've learned is that I can be a better mom to them when I take care of myself. Yes. 
course I heard that in the past, but until I went through it, I didn't really realize like how true that is. And I, I am able to be more emotionally present with them when I'm not consumed with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm able to be in tune with their emotions and just emotionally be present. And so I'm hoping that over time they can see that and Sometimes I feel bad that my kids have a therapist as a mom because they're going to know all these words about feelings and how do you feel? Well, I think that's going to help them. I I don't think that I don't think it's going to harm them more than anything. They'll probably joke about it someday with their friends. But but yeah, I think for me, uh, there there was a, a place where I had to really come to terms with this is what I'm dealing with and accept it. Mm-hmm. And that was hard at times to accept that, yeah, I'm dealing with anxiety mm-hmm. and to deal with the the feelings of shame or stigma, which ironically is something that I work with my clients on. Mm-hmm. And some of my clients that I had at the time were actually, I didn't share personally what was going on with them, but just hearing about their recovery journeys inspired me. Because I remember one of my clients saying, yeah, my medication helps me be a better version of myself. Yeah. And that, whenever that was said, is something I needed to hear at the time from my client. Right. <laughs> so kind of just learning all these things and adding them to my portfolio. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that if if our kids need to seek treatment at some point, then they'll know that it's okay. Yeah. And there's no shame in that. Right. And that's good. I love that you said that there's no shame in that because, I mean, if there is a problem, uh, I I do hope that the help would be seeked and that they would be able to seek that help for themselves because it is needed. And like you said, there is no shame in taking time out for yourself because I think every mom needs that, whether or not Mm -hmm. they go through postpartum depression. I I need that every day. Me too. You know, (laughs) and you and I were going through our three major kids. And so, (laughs) yep, especially now, (laughs) especially now. (laughs) Um, So, but uh, I would love to hear what are some actionable tips that you would suggest to our gems of mothers out there to take care of themselves and to deal with postpartum depression? Mm hmm. No, that's good. I'm going to always go back to Mm self-awareness as like my starting place, being aware of your normal, how your normal day is in terms of how you feel. Mm -hmm. Because when something's off, if you know how you normally function, then you'll know when something's off. And just to be curious and ask why it might be, it could be something specific that's, that triggered it. It might be something you saw in the news, or it might be something that someone said, or maybe you don't know. And maybe it just happens. And that might be a sign that it could be something chemical. Mm-hmm. So just starting to notice if something just seems off, you don't feel like yourself or you you feel unusually down or you feel like you're unusually kind of all over the place and that's not your normal thing. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing I would love for moms to, to know is that this is so common. Um, this happens so much, even mm-hmm. for people that, you know, haven't had any mental health concerns before. Um, it happens a lot. And it's, it's, I think it's not talked about because mm-hmm. moms feel like, you know, we have to have it all together. Well, women in general, I think we <laughs> feel like yeah. that, <laughs> that there's, there's that sense of shame. Like, does this say something about me as a person? Does mm-hmm. this mean that I'm not doing a good job or I don't have a handle on my feelings or I don't right. have a, a control over or something I should. 
And so that's where the education piece comes in. Mm -hmm. So just even having some basic education about what postpartum depression can look like, how it can appear in your daily life. Know that there are many, many, many people that struggle with this Mm -hmm. and, and many partners that, you know, are there to help you through this. It's just, I've been surprised to learn how common it is since I had it. And since I've been counseling in this field. And I just think the fact that it's not really talked about much is because it, it can trigger a sense of shame or inadequacy. Mm. Like if I was a good mom, I wouldn't feel this way. I mean, I talked to many moms who are like, I have a great life. I have beautiful kids, wonderful X, Y, Z. Why do I feel this way? And Mm -hmm. I tell them it's nothing to do about, of course you're grateful. You know, it's, it's not related to that, but it, we tend to sometimes put them all in the same bucket. So basic education and, and just knowing yourself to know when something's off. Yeah, I love that you said that it's something that is very common, um, especially these days. And there is no shame about it because because uh, of the stigma that how we're we've been built as women. Yeah. But uh, but um, I I just I love that you emphasize that it is common and sometimes it out of your control because it it deals with your hormones and all of a sudden you might just get it a year later or two years later and you just never know. But like you said, what's important is to be self-aware of who you are and, you know, obviously who God created you to be. We're almost at the end of the show, but I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? It's a good question. Just to know that if this is something you think you're going through, that you are definitely not alone. Reaching out for help, in my opinion, is a sign of strength. Mm -hmm. And I frequently share with my clients that I'm proud of them for reaching out. It's not hard or it's, it's hard to reach out to someone like a counselor that you don't know mm-hmm. and share really personal things sometimes. Mm-hmm. So just know that resources are out there. Lots of counselors are out there that specialize in, in this and just knowing about some of these things that you're not alone. I like the, the tagline postpartum support international is a really really great organization that Mm -hmm. offers online support groups for lots of different categories of parenting. But one of their tagline is you are not to blame and in time you will be well. Mm. And, and I like that because that, that really spoke to kind of where I was postpartum Mm -hmm. Uh, that I would feel better eventually. I wasn't Mm -hmm. to blame for it. And just with some help that I could get better Mm -hmm. and feel like myself again. And it was true. Right. In time, you will be well. That's, you know, basically saying that you just have to go through the journey and given the time, you will be well, just as you said. And that's very encouraging. And Carly, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show to share your story, to share your, you know, knowledge on this matter. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, I appreciate you being willing to talk about this. I know it's not the easiest topic, but one of my goals as a counselor is to try to decrease stigma around mm-hmm. any of these issues and, and education and just talking about it is a great place to start. So thank yeah. you for having me and for noticing that this is a it's an important topic. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a topic that needs to be addressed a, lo- a lot more because there's no shame in anything. Uh, and like you said, yeah. being self-aware and reaching out to people for support, that's really, really important. So I just uh, appreciate you and appreciate thank your you. friendship and thank yeah. you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guest. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.